Awesome. Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, I'm one of your co-hosts, Monica, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Glenn. Hi guys, hi everyone, how are y'all um, doing? So today we're going to be talking about Kristen Stewart movies because Kristen Stewart is awesome. Mm-hmm. But before we get into talking about Kristen Stewart movies, we're going to be talking about things we cannot wait to watch. The beginning of our segment where we talk about new TV shows and movies that are about to come out that we cannot wait to see yet. So Glenn, why don't we start with you? What is something you can't wait to watch? Uh, well, obviously, I didn't realize the year has been slipping away from me. So I didn't mm. realize how close it was coming up. But um, The Matrix, the new Matrix movie, Matrix 4, oh. it comes out in like two-ish weeks, I think. Oh. Yeah, it's right about two weeks on the 22nd of December. So it's tight for that. For some reason in my head, it was further away. Um, mm. But yeah, so super excited. I love Keanu Reeves. Everyone does. Um, and I really like the Matrix series. Obviously, like the first one's the best one. Um, and the other two, like you could get away without watching the other two. Um, okay. And no one would blame you. But it's an excuse to go back and rewatch them. And it's an excuse to like, you know, it's, it's another like big action movie. Hopefully it'll be adding more to the lore because I really like the lore of Matrix. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but not like overly complicated, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I like the Matrix, but I've only seen it once. And I did like it when I watched it. I'm not going to lie. I was that first time I first watched it. I was like, I'm sorry, what's going on? But I, like after a while, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I completely forgot that they're making a new one. Yeah. Like I said, like I, I knew that was coming out eventually. I just like mm-hmm. slipped out of my mind. Yeah. When I went to go see Candyman, I saw the poster up and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's coming around. Okay. But I didn't realize it was like coming around yeah it's like now okay okay yeah this is dope um i love that for you um i i think the only things i'm really excited for i have a few things uh first is the witcher season Mm -hmm. two is coming back um i have not watched season one but i will now you have a season okay okay so (laughs) i know i know that you're always behind i yes sorry do you want to explain again how thick your netflix to watch list is stop stop okay okay but like it's up to 211 things now like i am i am like 99 percent sure didn't the witcher season one come out in like 2019 Mm -hmm. it's been like two years yeah 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 okay yeah i know i know it's fine it's fine i'm definitely gonna try to get into it i'm gonna watch that and also um money heist Mm -hmm. the part b to season five has finally released it has been years it has been years since i've seen money heist and i'm going to rewatch it from the very beginning and i'm going to see the last season it's going to be so good i know it's going to be good i know it's going to be crazy i know i know i'm going to be like fucking screaming i cannot wait i can't wait for it also i like there was a time where i was on netflix and i was getting really into like spanish-speaking tv shows like mm-hmm. elite money heist vis-a-vis like all kinds of shows and i'm getting more into k-dramas like Netflix keeps recommending me all these K dramas, and I'm just like, keep them coming, keep them coming, please. K dramas can please. suck you in. I have purposely, I have like a list of like, I think it's like twelve that my friends keep recommending that I know mm. that like, but I know that once I start, you aren't gonna see me for months. Like yeah. I will be gone. Yeah, like I know like there are movies that I have to go see and watch, but at the same time, 
uh, new TV show just dropped on Netflix and it's starring a guy who looks like just like beautiful, beautiful Korean man. And I'm like, I have to see this. I have to watch at least the first episode that way Netflix knows that I'm interested, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can like go back to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I get that. Is there anything else you can't wait to watch, Glenn? Um, not really. We mentioned how like West Side Story is coming and how like mm-hmm. we're going to want to do a movie musical um podcast. So I am excited to watch that. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit iffy on how good it will be, but like it's coming up. It's coming up like really soon. Apparently, like it's from what I've seen, like critic reviews, a lot of people are putting um Rachel Zegler. I'm pretty sure that's her name, right? The girl who's the lead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like Yeah, people are already saying, people are already predicting that she's going to be like one of the front runners for best actress. And I think this is one of her biggest roles to date. Yeah, yeah, it is Rachel Segler. And yeah. yeah, like I'm seeing the articles pop up right now. Yeah, yeah, like people are saying that like she is definitely like a front contender for best actress as well as Lady Gaga and Hasaguchi and Kristen Stewart and Spencer. Also, did you know that Lady Gaga lived in character for that movie for 18 months? She did? Yes. Yes. To remember for that movie, she lived in the character for 18 months. That is yeah. her. That is her. Yeah. I haven't seen Hasaguchi yet. I don't know if I really want to, because I'm not going to lie. I was one of those girls where like, you know where when there was a your time on the internet where people were like, is Adam Driver hot or not? Mm-hmm. And I was very much that kind of person who's like, he is, he is hot. And now I'm just kind of over it. And now I realize that now I'm over it. I don't want to watch any movies with him in anymore. I don't know, maybe it was Star Wars. Maybe it was Star Wars that like was off-putting for me, like that ending. Oh, but mm-hmm. the more I see him in like these certain certain movies that are very much for like man movies, like once you're a man in Hollywood, you're a male. You have to act in these like really macho roles. And I keep seeing him do this stuff and I'm like, hmm. I want you it's to be an art house boy again. <laughs> I want you to be doing indie films. These are just like, mm, I don't know. And he also said in an interview that he and Lady Gaga used to bark at each other. And then that just really put me off. I don't want to watch this movie and think about you barking in Miss Bad Romance's face. Rah, rah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> See, wait a second. Doing? Okay, so that does sound incredibly weird. I'm not it going is. to defend it whatsoever. But if you just told me that like Lady Gaga just like barks sometimes, like if you just told me that, I'd believe you. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, she gives me those vibes. Yeah, definitely. But I think the only other thing I'm really excited for is Claws. It's a show on TNT. It stars Nisi Nash. I love it. I love it. It's the final season is about to premiere. So of course I gotta go into my rewatch and watch from the beginning to the very end. And I'm very sad that it's ending, but I know that the ending is gonna be so good. You like, Claus, Claus is that show where like, if you're the kind of person that grew up watching Maury and like Judge Judy after school, and you're used to like watching like, uh, To Catch a Predator, Claws is like a sophisticated version of a show you would be into. Like it's very much like, in the backwoods of Florida, there's drug dealing, there's sex, there's murder, but it's done so well. Like it's very much soap opera, ghetto fabulous. And mm-hmm. it's actually like really good writing, very interesting, a really good diverse group of characters. There are some parts of it that are a little bit problematic, of course, because it's, it's a little high drama, okay. soap opera. Okay. And so some of the things that happen in the show are kind of like, uh, okay. we're putting okay. this on TV? 
but it's really good. It's really good. It's very interesting. It's very entertaining. It's very, very nice. I love it so much. And I honestly, I think the whole season is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to go back and watch it. I'm definitely going to go into my rewatch of that. So yay. Okay. Awesome. If that's it for Can't Wait to Watch, we can just jump into the meat and the bones. Uh, we'll be talking about Kristen Stewart today, you guys. Kristen Stewart, as of you know, is an American actress. She is amazing, phenomenal, and she has led a very wonderful career uh, from the very young. I think she started acting when she was like 11. That sounds right, right? Yeah, I think she started acting about the time when she was 11. And she is most well known for the Twilight movies, of course, but there's a lot more to her than just like the Twilight movies. So we're going to go through and talk about some of our favorite Kirsten Stewart films because she's a really great actress and she deserves a lot of recognition like she's 31 years old like she's done phenomenal work mm-hmm. yeah she's great so I guess we were going to start with Twilight right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so first things first I want to say I always liked Twilight not always okay so I was that kid when I was younger okay don't judge me Glenn okay. I was the kid when I was younger where like people would talk about Twilight and like team Edward and Jacob and I'm like oh that's so ugly that's so gross it's like uh because I wanted to be like I wanted to be like not like other girls mm-hmm. you know like I read <laughs> books but I didn't read Twilight like I read like I read sophisticated books like The Fault in Our Stars and Looking for Alaska obviously towns. <laughs> <laughs> like those like those books are actually different from twilight but... it's all the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i actually like i started reading the twilight books and i was like oh this is actually kind of good and i started liking it of course like around eclipse i was like okay girl let's let's move on like he's you're gonna be okay you know but um i stopped reading the books around new moon because i just didn't know what they were doing like, mm-hmm. I didn't know why she was entertaining both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was just so, like, girl. So, here's the thing. So, like, I, I just want to throw this out here right at the very beginning, because you bring up the fact that she's entertaining two, um, like, two different guys and how, like, that goes on for the entire series. The entire series. All five movies, four books, right? Mm-hmm. Five movies, four books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And fundamentally, I think you could do an in-depth research like graduate thesis paper on the way that that series the twilight series like messed up so many people because that's kind of the series that developed um at least popularized the love triangle Mm. idea and like that really popular trope but i would like to ask you okay as an intelligent woman bella edward jacob that's not a triangle Unless Edward and Jacob are doing something on the side, I just see two lines going in two different directions. Yeah. Where's the triangle? It's probably like a tug of war. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a pull back and forth. Yeah, and we know there's fan fix about Edward and Jacob, so right. maybe the fans add it on to it, and then we get a love triangle. But one girl having to decide which undead boy she's going to be spending the rest of eternity with. Right. Like that's just a fight. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, and. Gosh, it was so. I remember rewatching it when I was older, like rewatching Twilight when everyone else was rewatching it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I was just like, she got both these boys fighting over her for what? Like, Edward wants to marry her mm-hmm. and she just wants to be a vampire. Like, that's it. And then Jacob wants to be with her, but she's like, look, 
Edward was gone. We're my sneaky link. Not even the sneaky link. They were literally just friends. Like yeah. they didn't do anything. And then Jacob yeah. literally like smashes his face into hers. Like a little aggressive, if you ask me. Like, sir, back mm-hmm. up. Back it up, please. So um, it's it, like, I don't know. Cause like, girl, how do you have these two boys fighting over you like this? Like, what's going on? Y'all act like she's the only girl in this town. Yeah. Also, also, what? Like, we're going to ignore age differences. We're we're going Mm. to ignore it for a second. But just, like, bringing it up slightly, not in the creepy way, Mm. in the other respect, why are they going after, like, a 17, 18-year-old girl? Like, both of them are attractive. Both of them could realistically probably have any girl in any town that they really went to. You know, like, obviously, there's, like, personality and other stuff. But, like, they're attractive enough that, like, their looks aren't a hindrance. Right. So why are they hanging around in a high school? Like, I know that's very, it's very, like, that era. It's very that mm. trope. Like, those mm. beans always are, like, in high school. But, like, realistically for a minute. Like, at least go to, like, 21 plus. Like, at least, like, go, like, you can go clubbing. You can go out to a bar. Like, I feel like going for college students and, like, graduate students, stuff like that, people 21 and plus, would be much more fun just in general. The thing is, it's, like, this is something that's very true in real life is that certain guys go for younger mm-hmm. girls because they ask less questions. Yeah. Like if Edward were to go to a club and try to talk to a, like a normal woman, she'd be like, oh, are you drinking anything? Do you want anything? He's like, oh, I'm not hungry or anything. And like, he's pale. He's like weird. He like mumbles mm-hmm. to himself. He's really awkward in his body. Eventually, this lo- this woman's going to look at him and be like, okay, he's- He's on drugs. He's just he's on, on something. He's just on or- drugs. He's got his girlfriend waiting for him around the corner and they're going to pick me up and take mm-hmm. me to like the backwoods of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. So, and also in college, like you can't just be sneaking up on college campuses. Like if there's some weird, like pale guy True. at parties <laughs> trying to pick up girls and these girls go missing, campus security is on your ass. And high school, girls don't ask questions. Like, oh my gosh, this guy's over six feet tall. He's talking to me. Oh my God. Like high school girls aren't stupid, but like they ask less questions. You yeah. Know? Like it's just that. And also like, if we don't talk about age differences, why is it that like Jacob went from Bella to her, to her daughter? Yeah. See, like, I was saying we're ignoring them for a second so we could talk about that. And then we were going to actually dive in. Bro, what the fuck was that? What was that? And the excuse he was like, he said something like, do you remember when you really want to be around me? Like a few days ago, that was, uh-huh. that was the baby. That was her. I was like, oh my gosh. Also, like the only way we, we, the only other examples of imprinting we've ever seen are in couples with the wolves in the movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to correctly assume that Jacob has imprinted himself on a baby in a romantic way. And I know people are trying to skate around the issue and people try to like da 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 all around it. But like, no, you can't convince me otherwise. Jacob couldn't have Bella. So now he's trying to have her daughter. It's like Snape, but in reverse. And I'm not comfortable with it. You know what I mean? Like Snape could have Snape wanted to kill. No, Snape wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah. kill yeah, James. Yeah, but see, here's the and thing. He tried to kill Harry. Here's the Snape thing. wanted to kill I, Harry. I, like, I, I could excuse murder. I could excuse not be able to kill the father. So you try to kill the son. Perfect. Makes sense. Wonderful. I like. There's like more qualms with murder, but like that doesn't like bother me. Like I can understand that. But like you can't have the mom. So you're going after the dot. No absolutely like it's gross. just that sentence i can't even finish it it's gross it is and you know to skate away from twilight and like all the many problems twilight no before we skate away from twilight i just want to say stephanie myers 
I got your ass, okay? There's a reason why you don't work in Hollywood no more. Did you know, like, the first Twilight movie was directed by a woman? It was? It was. It's directed by a woman, and then all the rest of them were directed by men. Is that why we got the baseball scene? Because that's the best scene of the entire franchise. Yeah, yeah. Supermassive Black Hole, that song is a fucking hit. That song's a fucking hit. I love that song so much. Mm -hmm. At my job, when it was Halloween, Halloween, I had, like, a special, like, Halloween spooky vibes playlist. Yeah. And that song played, and this girl who was, like, 14 years old came up to me. She's like, is this a Twilight song? And I'm like, I'm sorry? Like, is this a Twilight song? Oh, my God. I was like, yes, it is. And I had to Google it later, and I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. Twilight, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But Stephanie Myers, you, 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 girl. Okay, so my biggest problem with Stephanie Myers, besides the fact that I'm pretty sure, like, this lady, like, look at the story Twilight. Take away the vampire. Take away the werewolves. You have a girl who wants to go through this certain change with a guy, Mm -hmm. and the guy wants to wait until marriage. You took an abstinence storyline, and you just added in the supernatural. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing here? And then you had nice boy Jacob finish last. And then she went with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, also, another thing. So in Twilight, you know how the wolves are part of like a Native American tribe? Yes, yes. Yes. So all the actors are actually Native American, except for Taylor Lautner. But the Native American tribe they're part of is real. It's called the Qualente tribe. And it was misrepresented in the movie because of course it was. Because she drew from like their real mythos and mythology yeah, mm-hmm. and their beliefs to put into the film. And like there are like kind of like some sim- symbology and like some culture that's mined from them like skinwalkers is part of their like native american native mythology mm-hmm. and like lycanthropy and everything like that but they changed that so there would be like like the colente tribe the colente people they don't mention cold ones they don't mention vampires or anything like that you know but the first two members of the tribe were transformed into people from wolves according to the mythology and it's also the tattoo that they have on their arm of like the two wolves intertwined. And it was designed by a non-native artist. And then the artist who designed the tattoo pulled from other Native Americans mythology to make the tattoo. So you have a group of people in your movie that are all Native Americans. They are wolves, they are aggressive, they are violent, just like pulling from Native Americans and the kind of like, you know, propaganda that we learned as young kids that Native Americans were savages and they had to learn from the like Europeans to be civilized people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you're pulling from other Native American tribes because all Native American tribes are the same. The mythology is all the same. There's no differences, which is BS because it's an actual tribe that's still around today. Is it small? Yes, but they're still around today. And it doesn't help that you have like a huge franchise, a huge movie that talks about a real life tribe. And the community is obviously unhappy with the way it's being misrepresented in the books and also in the film you know what i mean like you have this young kid who is supposedly native american and he lacks the self-control to understand that you shouldn't be grabbing up on somebody and is later seen to be kind of a pedophile so it's just this whole thing of like 
white people taking from other cultures and taking from other people's mythology and just like shitting on it like you're just Mm -hmm. like appropriating people's cultures for the sake of your art so you can make money for it and like you could have sent them a check like you could have said i'm sorry you could have sent them a little some some also they also filmed on the reservation the same reservation in minnesota i think it was it's probably not minnesota it's probably somewhere else they filmed on that renovation reservation in the movie new moon i think it was so y'all took their name you took their mythology you mixed it with another culture because they're all the same and you also filmed on the reservation but you couldn't cut them no money you couldn't cut them a check Mm. like y'all need to send them an invoice Mm. for real stephanie myers needs an invoice from them Mm. yeah i mean that's basically the last thing i wanted to say in regards to twilight yeah (laughs) yeah the movie it has not aged well no and i think that like this film being kristen stewart's most prominent role like people constantly ask her about twilight like they still ask her about that movie to this day. Like we didn't. You never got over your emo phase. It's mm, fine. You can admit yeah. it. Yeah. Like she's done many different roles besides that. And I understand, like, even like um like Sebastian Stan, when he does other roles in other movies, they sometimes ask him about the MCU and Bucky and Steve mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Which is just like it's just, you know, if you ask about something popular, then it just like brings up CPMs. And stuff like that you know yeah. like when she was on the press tour for spencer i think they did ask her about like if she would work with robert pattinson again and she said yes because like they're actors it's like eventually they're going to be in the same movie together like it's not unheard of and they're friends in real life so of course she'll work with him again you know what i mean yeah but it's uh i think twilight like she got a lot of unreasonable hate for her acting in the role her acting wasn't even like it wasn't that bad like it was pretty like close to who bella was in the book yeah i will think (laughs) yeah like her acting in it is probably the most on point acting in it just like in general Mm, yeah and like i feel like kristen shines more as bella than as like like she I feel like she was like digging into herself more. And I feel like that's what also fueled the hate because people just thought like, oh, that's just her personality. Like she's cold or something like that. Like she's just a person, you know what I mean? Like not every single actor is gonna be like Ryan Reynolds. Also, this is no hate to Kristen Stewart whatsoever. This isn't me saying that this is her, but like also some people are just a little bit boring, I guess. Like some people yeah. aren't always like, life of the pony entertainers like even if they're an actor an actress or whatever that doesn't mean that like in their real personal life they find themselves like being the center of attention or they're the one that's like always telling stories of the party they're normal people yeah like Like, acting is a job just like any other job they aren't just their job yeah you're right and i feel like i'm sure there are a lot of like male actors who are boring and like a lot of male actors are not actually that interesting or that funny. No. It's just that people seem to tag on charismatic as just like a throwaway adjective to men, just to like add that in. The same way, like if you meet someone for the first time, you're like, oh, how were they? You're like, oh, they were nice. Yeah. Like you don't know anything about them. Like, oh, they're nice. Like with men, they're like suave and charismatic and like intelligent. But like most of these men probably don't know how to tie their shoes. You know what I mean? Like you really want me to believe that like, Brad Pitt is like this suave, charismatic man, 
when he signed on to play Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just so he could sleep with Margot Robbie. Like, sir, you're not special. Like, what is that? Yeah. You know? And imagine, like, being Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, I understand he's a good actor. He is a great actor. But also, like, I've watched him do speeches. And I have to say, uh, we need to put the acting cap on when we out in public. That's all I'm saying. Because, <laughs> like, oh, you care about the environment? That's cute. Do not invite Ivanka Trump over to your house then. Like, I don't have a dialogue with different... She sells shoes. She's not a politician. What are you doing? Bro, we see each other, okay? I'm not stupid. You can't save the environment when you're trying to get pussy. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> Let's focus on Twilight. Let me shut up. Let me shut up. <laughs> Let me shut up, okay? Right. Is there anything else you want to say about Twilight? No, I want to know how you felt when you watched Twilight for the first time. Like, were you someone that was like, "Ah, I don't want to get me into it? Because, like, you're a guy. So, So, you know. Here's the thing. So, when I watched Twilight for the first time, if we're talking specifically about watching, I... I guess I went into it with a kind of, I won't say negative opinion, but it was a little bit like, oh, this is the best they can do. Because I was one of those bitches, and I'm still one of those bitches, that read the Mortal Instruments. And I don't mean read the Mortal Instruments. I mean cover to cover every single thing that that woman has ever put out. I have consumed at least like seven times. So like, I was like, when I read, um, like when I read the books, I was like, oh, these are okay, whatever. And then like, I watched like the movies. I was like, really? This is this is the best you could do. Like, sorry, sorry, my books give so much more lore and depth and there's so many more interesting characters. Sorry right. that like on the cover of the final book, the like not the cover, but like the, the um, shoot, the book cover when you could flip it out and you could pull it up. Sorry there was eight fully stylized characters that we've known for six books over how many pages over like six thousand pages worth of content information each of which are fully developed fully fleshed out characters that could run their own series all by themselves sorry that we have so many more characters and those are just the main characters sorry Mm -hmm. that we have so much better lore so much better magic so much better storylines sorry that we have a history sorry that like she's still creating books like she has i believe right now 15 books outlined planned that she is like publicly showing on her website and she has exactly in the timeline where they're going to go. Like, sorry that this is the best you could do. That's, that was the attitude that I had the first time I watched them. Now, that was a very annoying attitude considering that The Wall Instruments has never created anything worth watching either. Yeah. But I was a kid when I watched it. So like, it, I was mm. just like, I was not like other girls, I guess the same way. Mm. Um, but I did, I like enjoyed them. I was like, I was trying hard not to, cause like, it was cool not to, but like, I like them. I've went back and rewatched them recently, like quarantine. Um, and mm. I really, I really don't like them very much anymore. They seem very, I don't even know how it's great. Like they're, they're like over dramatic mm. and, but also at the same time, very slow. Yeah. Like they're yeah. yelling, it's yelling at you a lot, but nothing yeah. is being said. It is a bit over dramatic because it's just about like a 17 year old girl trying to like, she wants to be a vampire. Like, she wants to live forever with this mm-hmm. guy. And he's like, uh, how about we get married first? Like, I feel like a little bit, a little part of me was like, oh, she doesn't want to get married. So she's kind of like, this is like a dub. This is like a, yeah, I'll be, I'll get, be, be a vampire when we get married. And then he kept holding off on that too. 
after they got married. Mm-hmm. And I was like, girl, leave him. Like, you're gonna spend eternity with this guy? Also, there are so many more interesting people in the movie. Like, not Renesme, that's the baby, right? The baby's oh. name is Renesme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold no, on. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nickname Who Nest. is the girl? Who was the girl? The girl who was like, she like she killed her husband because he was abusive towards her. Uh, Hold on one second. Now I have to look up the whole freaking, oh my gosh. Rosalie. Yeah, Rosalie. Rosalie. Yeah. Rosalie deserved her own storyline. Like she really did. Like she honestly was so much more interesting. And I love that she hated Bella because that that's to me. Yes, I should. Because, <laughs> like, she's not even that special. You know what I mean? Because Rosalie was strong enough and, and whatever, independent enough, brave enough, whatever, to get herself out of whatever she was in. She was mm-hmm. good. She was fine. And then Bella is just kind of fumbling all over the place. Yeah. It's a little bit embarrassing. Mm, it's a little bit sad, Queen. Yeah. And then I remember Anna Kendrick was in the movie as well. I think that was one of her, I totally like, forgot that she was in the movie. Yeah. yeah. She forgot that she was in the movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember she tweeted that out. Like, that was hilarious to me. But, um, what? Am I thinking of something else? There's something else I want to say. There's something I wanted to say, but it just, like, slipped my mind real quick. Um, oh, I, I remember what I want to say. Charlie was right. Charlie was right the whole time. He thought that something was weird about Edward and, like, everything going on in the town. Like, he really was, like, because, remember, Jacob's dad was like also working with the police too mm-hmm. and home was a werewolf and charlie like for real thought that something weird was going on because remember when bella like straight up was like she left her home in the middle of the night because she, she was getting chased by vampires and then she lied to her dad about it like she literally ran away from home twice mm-hmm. in these freaking movies and each time charlie's like what's going on this is my edward are you okay what's going on she's like i'm fine everything's fine like no sis a vampire is courting you. And so is a werewolf. And what's Charlie trying to do? He's just trying to pay his bills. And so it's the time with his daughter. And mm-hmm. he can't do that because she wants to live forever. Like, Which is yeah. stupid. Like, living Which forever in this economy? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Like, y'all really need to give it up. Like, Charlie really did deserve better. Like, he really did. He was just trying to be the <laughs> Deserved a better daughter. Charlie deserved <laughs> a better daughter. Maybe not a better daughter, but, like, he just deserved better. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are y'all doing to my mans? You know what I mean? Mm. But all in all, I mean, I like Twilight. And I feel like it sucks that Twilight was the first film people really saw of Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Because, to be honest, the first film... The first Christmas Stewart film I had seen was a movie called Catch That Kid, which was a movie about these three kids who were trying to like break into a bank. And the thing is, is that like it's Kristen Stewart, it's Corbin Blue, and it's Max Theorot. And I don't know if you know him, but he's in Bates Motel. That's where I remember him from, Bates Motel. And it's a movie where like her dad is dying. So they have to come up with a plan to break into like a bank or like a safe or something and steal money so that she could pay for like her dad. I think her dad or like her cousin, her brother, whoever, like her male guardian, she had to steal money to like pay for it. And it's the same, the same thing. These two guys have such a huge crush on her and they're willing to do whatever they can for her. So they're going to help her steal this money. 
and they're like 11 they're like 11 12 13 years old and they're going like they want they want to be like bank robbers and it's kind of like spike it it's kind of like spike it it's a little bit like cody banks but it doesn't have like the cgi and the weird gadgets it's very realistic like you're watching it and you're like oh if these kids could do it i could do it like it felt like too real in a sense you know what i mean Mm-hmm. it was really good it was a really good movie too but i'm pretty sure before that she did speak yeah. which is a movie based on a book by laura laurie house anderson mm-hmm. and i used to love um i used to love miss anderson like i read all her books when i was like in um middle school high school yeah i never i think i'm pretty sure i did watch the movie but it's been a minute since i've seen it and i'm pretty sure when i watched it was on lifetime and i didn't realize it was kristen stewart at the time but i think i read the book after i'd seen the movie and i was like oh that's interesting and then twilight came out and i was like oh i know her i know her from somewhere so it was really cool to like have recognized an actress before she really got big because it's like you get you get that feeling of like oh okay like i don't know like it's a feeling like i liked it before it was cool you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah again not like other girls (laughs) um yeah i am kind of disappointed that like you can't see speak anywhere like it's not really on any like streaming service um you could like watch it on like youtube um because it, it never went to theaters i don't think i think it yeah it was showed on lifetime it was a lifetime movie mm-hmm. i think yeah and yeah. i don't know i think it's just it's sad but i guess i understand because it is a low budget film and it is a very deep and like emotional story that like really wasn't popular back then was definitely not popular back then. Nowadays, I feel like if the exact same movie done the exact same way came out today, it would be yeah. a box office hit. But like, it just wasn't the right time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really did love this movie. I think I watched it when I was pretty young, but I kind of like, when I read the book, I understood what the movie was about and the book was about. And I remember when we talked about it in class, like there are people who are like, well, I don't know what's going on. Like, why is she so sad? Like, what's going on? And I'm just sitting here like, y'all are dumb are you dumb it's right there it's right in front of you like why can't you see what i see and especially if you watch the movie it's mm-hmm. like it's simple it's right there it's play- netflix has shown less than speak did yeah like literally you if you're not picking up what they are putting down the baby girl just go sit down because yeah. like what are we doing here it's simple it's simple it's not whack-a-mole you know what i mean it's right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I really like Speak because like, it's so interesting that this was her kind of like one of her first roles at such a young age, because the role is not like, a lot of actors first roles when they're acting are like being on Barney and Friends, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Disney, you know, like very much like childlike roles. But she, like one of her first roles is very like mature. Mm-hmm. and something more leaning towards like an adult kind of feel to it but she really she like she embodied she bodied that role like she did it she did a great job and the movie is very sad and like it's hard to watch at times but it's it's good like she did a good job so I feel like Kristen Stewart starting off her career doing movies that have like a very clear message behind them that are not something that's like meant to be taken lightly. Like this is a comfort movie. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, if you're watching absolutely. a Lifetime movie, you know what you're getting into, you know? And it's not like those other Lifetime movies where it's like, my teacher's a stripper or like, my stupid addiction or like the pregnancy pact. It's not like those Lifetime movies. It's different. No, this is a, it's a lot more meaningful. Also, Kristen Stewart really doesn't do comfort movies. Like, no. we, have, we have Twilight that's just like a comfort series for us. But that's just mm-hmm. because of who we were when we first watched it. Yeah. I think she really broke out of like her art house indie kind of like streak when she did Charlie's Angels. And mm-hmm. like, I don't fault her for doing it because like sometimes you want to do something different. You know, sometimes you want to do something fun. And that's cool. But I really, I really have been like increasingly impressed with her acting choices. And I think that like, she probably was highly affected by like a lot of the hate and harassment she got online. But Kristen Stewart is also, she doesn't live on social media, you know? She's very much someone who just like lives her life in her like day to day and just like takes on roles that she wants to take on. And we are gonna move on to like her other films. Um, Is there a specific uh, movie you wanna get started with? Um, I, We'll talk all day long about Spencer. Um, but... Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I didn't see it. Okay. Well then, <laughs> no, 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 no. Then we're go- then I'm just going to start with this. So okay. I'm going to say spoiler free, as if I could spoil the story of Princess Diana at this point. <laughs> well, okay. But... Here's the thing. I also don't know what happened to her. Okay. Okay. Uh... <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll just say I'll just say spoiler free. I won't reveal okay. any major plot points or anything like that. I'll okay. just. I'm just going to mention a couple of things um, that I really like because so my goodness. Um, so it might have been because I was a little bit emotionally unstable already while I was watching it. Um, it was snowing. There was a blizzard going on. Um, it was late at night. I was tired. Uh, I there was just like a lot of stress because of school and finals coming up and all that sort of stuff. So because of all of that, I was already in a very emotionally weak state. This movie sent me into an existential crisis. Like. Mm. I was gone. Um, And I knew after the first five minutes that I was absolutely in love with the movie. I knew that I knew one that was going to hurt me. I knew that there was nothing I could do to stop it. I could not press that pause button. So without exposing anything, um, the it's just really so one, they are complete every like the crit not the critics, but like the people who saw it before were completely right. This movie does a hundred percent hang on Kristen Stewart. Like I will say, like ninety eight percent of the movie is directly just Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does absolutely amazing with it, absolutely wonderful. And it's really just about Princess Diana being a royal and how she feels how she has no agency in her life. Everything's decided right. for her. She can't like go anywhere because the press, because obviously they're the royals and like there's always rumors about like the royal family and everything. So she's not really allowed to go anywhere. Um, and she barely even has control, not like control, but like she's barely even allowed to be a mother to her, old- to her own children. Um, mm. And so most of it is just, it's a very, I would say it's a very, I might even say like psychological horror slash thriller, but like there's mm. no like supernatural element. It's yeah. just very much like a woman slowly going a little bit crazy because of how like restricted she is and how every single movement that she makes is watched, listened to, reported, and controlled. I do want to say also like a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Chris Stewart's roles since Twilight have been like conflicted white women going through things like mm-hmm. Personal Shopper, mm-hmm. Seaberg, 
um, probably literally any of her other movies. Like it's literally like a white woman is going through something and we don't know if she is being an unreliable narrator or if there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like without spoiling anything, like I said, that's very much what this movie is about. And I will say the dialogue in this movie is probably one of the best things I've ever, not ever, but like definitely one of the best dialogue in movies I've seen in a long time. You can tell that every single line was reviewed by like 20 different top tier writers before Mm -hmm. it was put in. There was not a single line of dialogue that felt out of place. So that's good. I will highly recommend watching it. it. It depending on like how you are personally, I doubt it will send you a spiraling, but like, you'll definitely be like, huh. You're like, I feel, I feel for this girl. Yes. I, I was going to say something, but I forgot. I think that like, um, gosh, I really do want to get into the movie, but I know I'm going to have to like actually learn about Princess Diana. And I cannot believe um, I've lived my whole life not knowing what the fuck happened to that girl. So here's the thing. I will, I will spoil this because it's an anti-spoiler. This mm-hmm. movie doesn't go through the death and everything of Princess Diana. This movie okay. is just Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then Boxing Day, which is like the day after, obviously. That's it. It doesn't go through her death. It doesn't go through her like growing up. It's just those three days. And that's Mm. it. So you really don't have to know anything about Princess Diana outside the fact that she is a royal, she is married into the family, and everyone thinks that she's a little bit of a trouble. Other than that, you don't need to know anything about Princess Diana in order to fully appreciate the movie. And like, by everyone, I mean like like her own royal family thinks that she's like, like she, she's that girl. She's the other girl. She's not really a. She was married. In. She's not really a. As long as you like, you understand that. That's that's all you really need to know. It did a very good job of you not having to know really anything about Princess Diana in order to like fully understand the story. Right. Okay. That's good. I'm gonna. I do plan on watching it at some point. But also, I have this really bad habit where, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this, and I never watch it, yeah. so. It's okay. <laughs> everyone has that habit. Literally, everyone has that habit. There's so much yeah. that you could be watching. It's impossible to keep up with it all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I love that. And I know a lot of people really like the movie. I, okay, I remember, um, I remember previously in a podcast episode, you talked about how you were excited for Spencer to watch it but you felt like there could have been the possibility that like the movie is gonna rely a lot mm-hmm. on Kristen Stewart's so, acting ability yeah so I I remember that episode and I was scared okay for the record I made it seem like I was scared about Kristen Stewart I wasn't scared about Kristen Stewart I was just mm-hmm. I'm always scared when I hear reviews about or like you know the premise of a story and it all relies on one character because that mm-hmm. means that no matter how good the movie is, if like you or I or whatever person doesn't personally connect with like that one actor or doesn't like how that one actor is acting, then you're not going to like anything in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously like, and also in the directing side, it's also a lot more challenging to like create a good story when it's really just one actor who's doing mm-hmm. everything just because it's, a little bit more difficult because like it's harder to give exposition because like is are we just going to have like the main character just talking to themselves like a lot of times it's easy to give exposition because they're mm. talking to each other or like yeah. you know they're explaining to someone else and so like there's a lot of like difficulties that come with like essentially one actor shows um and so i was just worried about that because like obviously kristen stewart already gets a lot of hate and so if there was a movie that was going to be like this big because everyone was talking about spencer that was this big that relied solely on her. If it wasn't absolutely amazing, 
like that could have ended Kristen Stewart's career. Not actually ended Kristen Stewart's career, but right. like, you know, it, it could have like severely damaged it. And so I was just worried. I was like, this is a huge risk and it paid off. Nobody can say anything about Spencer because it was great. I can definitely say based off, based off of every Kristen Stewart movie I've ever seen, the script can be ass, but one thing you know for certain is that Krista Stewart is going to take the script, eat that shit, and she's gonna be like, I got it. You could, I you got it. Turn on those fucking cameras. You can just this say is my you're job, about the happiest season. Yeah. No, not that. I'm talking about Seaberg. I'm talking about Seaberg. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Wait. I actually like the happiest season. Don't do me like that. Well, I don't really like the ending, but like, I. I like the happiest season, but I definitely understand what you mean with Spencer. Cause like the thing is I kind of feel a type of way about biopics mm-hmm. or just like movies about people, real life people in general, because people live like such acclimated complex lives. So you try to like, fit that in like a 90 minute to two hour movie. Mm-hmm. And there are some things you can miss. There's dialogue that can be misconstrued. There are things you could cut out for runtime. And there are things that could be like falsified to fit into the story of the movie you're trying to make. But at the end of the day, as long as you have like a solid script and a good cast of actors, that's all that matters. And I think that like, I wanted to see Spencer, like I really do. But at the same time, I saw like, I saw the cast of Krista Stewart to play her. And I thought this role is so big and this person's so well known and her story like tugged on the hearts of so many people. And I do not want there to be a single drop of criticism coming towards Kristen Stewart because if there is, so help me God, I will mm-hmm. sprint to your hotel room and I will beat you over with your laptop. Don't you ever, don't you ever disrespect my queen like that? Don't you mm-hmm. ever do it? And I think I felt kind of that way with Seaberg because like it has such an amazing cast, but the story just kind of fell flat, which sucked because like Seaberg, like the actress that the movie's about, is like a very, she has a very full, colorful, interesting life. Like she was an actress who like kind of like made she made waves with like the French new cinema wave like she really popularized it and she was like this Midwest actress who wanted to use her fame to bring awareness to like important causes so she was like photographed a lot with like the Black Panther Party Mm -hmm. and she was not always faithful in her relationships but she was always such an interesting dynamic person but we soon find out that like the FBI is like tailing her and trying to like plant stories about her in the public so that the American media can discredit her and that the American public won't trust her because she was seen as America's sweetheart. Yeah. But she didn't want to be the sweetheart. She wanted to be something more. She wanted to have like a cause behind her. But the overwhelming pressure of her life and her being stalked by the FBI and like all this other stuff in her life made it difficult for her to really just like be herself and be a person and it really weighed on her. Like it caused a lot of trauma towards her. And I was very intrigued by the movie and by her life. And I feel like Kristen Stewart did a really good job of really presenting who she was and her acting like her performance was amazing and everyone else's performance in the movie was really good too I just feel like the script wasn't that great so that really weighed the movie down so when Spencer was announced I was like okay I know she's going to be good and like a lot of critics saw Seaberg they're like Kristen is a great actress she's amazing the script wasn't that great but the performances boosted the script even though the script fell flat at times so mm-hmm. it's like y'all literally do not mess up this movie do not mess up her story do not mess up people love this white lady y'all cannot do it wrong and Kristen Stewart really has been like killing it in terms of like just being a phenomenal actress and like subverting people's 
um, expectations of her that really just like knocking out a ballpark every single time. So I was less worried about whether she would be good in the movie. I just wanted it all to just acclimate together in a well-pieced masterpiece. Because if you're simply relying on Krista Stewart being a good actress, then people will let certain things about the script and the story fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that that didn't happen. Very, yeah, so I, that's all I'll say. I'll just recommend it. I really couldn't spoil it, even if I wanted to, because there's really mm-hmm. nothing to spoil. It's mm-hmm. just, it's it's a good like psychological kind of like dive into Princess Diana. I mean, I love that. That's dope. And I think that before I watch it, I'm definitely going like, to try and like actually do like research on Princess Diana before I watch the movie because that's why I like to do his biopics aren't like documentaries you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I need to know what goes on before I watch the film like I did that when I went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. like I actually learned about like um Freddie Mercury's life mm-hmm. and that kind of caused me to hate Bohemian Rhapsody and not enjoy it as much but I I just need that you know I need to know what is actually going on because I can't trust a director yeah. or screenwriter just tell me like I will say there. researching more about Princess Diana will only make this movie better. You'll probably pick up on even more little things that like were things that they're clearly not pointing out on purpose, but they're like if you know you know like mm. if you if you if you know her story you know why exactly that's that like clip lasted a half of a second longer than the last one like. It's very much that type of movie. We love that. We love to see it. All right. Spencer. Oh, I already talked about Seaberg. Um, I honestly, I don't recommend anybody watch it. Like, it's a good, I like the movie. <laughs> I, I liked it, I, but. That's I just such like, a funny thing to say. <laughs> I don't recommend that anyone watch this movie. It's like, it's like one of those, okay. The thing is, it's one of those movies that like, it has something to say. It, it has something to say, but does it say it? No. What has been said? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to learn? What was I looking for? Like you can't slap based on a true movie, based on a true story, and expect this movie to like have critical acclaim. That doesn't mm-hmm. work, babes. That doesn't work. Like Kristen Stewart is a really good reason as to why to see the movie. But you know, all the other actors are really great. Like Vince Vaughn, the Zazie Beats, Anthony Mackie. They're really good actors in this film. It's just that like. You know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm going to be honest, like, I don't really like Rotten Tomatoes too much because I feel like these critics are kind of snobby and they're assholes. If I were to rate the movie, I would give it like a 70, like a 75, you know, like I'm intrigued. I watched it. I liked it. It was interesting. Would I watch it again? No. Were there some parts of the movie that I didn't like? Of course. But like, it's not because of like Seberg, like the character. I feel like the character is very interesting. And I like learning about, um, people in real life that are like flawed human beings I like that but also like you know there's a little there's more to be there's a little more that I wanted you know what I mean there's Mm. it was a bit there's more that could have been done you know all in all like the dialogue wasn't as great like I don't need her saying things like I'm trying to run away from the girl from the midwest like I I want to make a difference I've been running away from that girl my whole life like okay babe we get it yeah, like, cool, cool, cool. And, like, there are some parts of the movie that are interesting, like, the FBI bug- bugging her phone and her kind of, like, you know, kind of descending mm-hmm. into, like, the chaos of her life and her trying to be, like, getting ahead of the curve. Like, it's all very interesting. She gives a really good performance. It's just that it doesn't all mesh well together, you know? Like, the actors did it. The actors did what they had to do with the, what they were given, but what they were given was some bullshit. Scraps. They were given scraps. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you can't read, like, 
you can't just read someone's Wikipedia page and then pull dialogue from like every single teen movie you've ever seen where the girl doesn't want to be like other girls. And then, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's supposed to be to work to out. Yeah, there's more to that. There's more to that. But I do really, I really, really want to talk about Personal Shopper. All right. Because I feel like that is the movie that people saw. They're like, oh my gosh, Krista Stewart's actually a good actress. Mm-hmm. Because it's a really great movie. I love Personal Shopper. I'm actually surprised she doesn't get asked about that more, especially with this yeah. kind of like confusing ending. Mm-hmm. Personal Shopper, like for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a movie about this young girl. She's a personal shopper for a model. And it's a really real, uh, what? She's a personal shopper for a model, very mm. well known. Mm. And she is basically the model's personal shopper because they have like the same kind of body type. Yeah. So she tries on clothes for her. And I'm not going to lie. At first, I thought this was gay. That's why I watched it in the first place. It wasn't though. But <laughs> no. that's okay. That's, that's okay. I did think it was. Like I was seeing her. I can get that. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking like, Ooh, the LGBT. All right. I see. But like that didn't happen, but that's okay. You know, the movie is about Chris's story's character. And, um, I think Maureen is her name. Mm -hmm. Maureen. And then Kyra is the 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 model. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Maureen lost her twin brother to a heart condition and she has the same heart condition mm-hmm. that could take her out at any moment. And she's a psychic and her brother is one as well. And they always said that if one of them passed away, that they would try to connect with each other through the spirit world, you know, trying mm-hmm. to make a connection or whatever. And I was like sitting there, like when she says make a connection, does she mean like, I don't know, like connecting like on an, on a Ouija board or connecting as in, I'm taking you with me connection. Like I was really freaked uh, out by mm-hmm. it, but we didn't really have time to go through that because um, Kyra has a boyfriend. The boyfriend's an asshole. Like he's overbearing. He's always there. He's like annoying and stuff. And you're watching Maureen go through the grief of like losing her brother. And then like, and, and then Kyra is murdered and Okay. Okay, no, no. You literally okay. jumped like an hour and a half of plot. <laughs> okay. I I really like it's been a minute since I watched the movie. So me trying to recollect recollect okay. what's so going the, on. So what okay. happens is we get the text messages. She mm-hmm. um oh, Marine starts getting text messages from an unknown number, you know, mm-hmm. as it goes. Um mm-hmm. and she thinks that her her um brother that died, her twin brother that died, his name is Lewis. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that's Lewis. And then she thinks it might be like a stalker and she, it kind of goes back and forth whether like she thinks it's Lewis or not, but um, it's someone who's clearly like watching her and knows what she's doing as kind of, I want to say encouraging her to come into herself, but it's more encouraging her to be more like Kira, mm-hmm. which isn't exactly the same thing. Right. Um, and there's definitely some flirty, dark sexual fantasy going on with this um, unknown number. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, mm, it was a little, because the thing is also is that like, when she's trying on Kira's clothes, and then like, there's like the, the, I don't know, the specter that she Mm -hmm. sees, it's like, that's another thing, right? Like the spirits that like, she keeps seeing in the movie. I remember watching the movie for the first time, and I'm like, oh, 
oh she's psychic psychic okay like this is, this is like this is real like we see <laughs> like, like that is... girl like vomiting or like the spirit the specter mm-hmm. like vomiting the ectoplasm mm-hmm. yes and then the scratches on the table like i was like freaked out by it a little bit because i was like is anybody else gonna interact with this like hello hello what's going on you know what i mean clearly not yeah it was the text messages really did creep me out a bit because i was like ghosts can't send text messages and I think yeah. that was the first thing that kind of like, <laughs> yeah. like that's the, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, it's such a common thing in like movies, like horror-ish movies like this, where they're getting like text or like an unknown number, or some or like calls, and they're like, oh, is it like a ghost? Is it like a spirit, babe? These are texts, this, not it's te- dreams. It's technology. Yes. Okay. That ha- like, <laughs> where's the T-Mobile SIM card? Like, I don't know how they give you this texting what? capability. What the heck? <laughs> if there isn't a phone. <laughs> You mean to tell me ghosts can buy minutes? Is that what's going on here? No. Maybe they're no. typing off of their MacBook. Okay, no. we didn't consider that. Maybe the ghost has a MacBook. <laughs> oh my God. I hate that when people are like, oh yes, the spirit's like interacting with like, no, spirits cannot press like a mechanical keyboard yeah. the same way we do, obviously. Like, what are y'all doing? So I think that was like the first thing that was supposed to like subvert our beliefs as like there's possibly a supernatural element to mm-hmm. this. I mean, I feel like when I saw the ectoplasm and the specter, I was like, maybe. But I was like, yeah. no, 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 no. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it for a second. That's not. That's not. That can't happen. That's not how this works. No, that's not how this works, babes. No. And the whole thing with like Kira, man. I I didn't hate her or anything, but like Kira just seems like. A good, like, um, a businesswoman who's just maybe a little bit too busy for her own good. Yeah. Which, like, let's be realistic, is most people who are, like, who are, like, either, like, famous in any way, like, actors, models, like, other type of celebrities, you're usually a little bit busier than you probably should be. Like, you're usually, yeah. like, like, on a flight to a different country every week. Like, yeah, it's an, it's... Un- I guess, an unfortunate part of the industry, maybe, I guess mm-hmm. would be the best way to say that. Yeah, like you always have to be busy. You always have to be booking things, like mm-hmm. staying on top of it. Because the second you take a break, like people will forget about you. So yeah. you always have to like be on top of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, like I like the movie for the most part in the beginning because I I love a movie that gives you nothing. Yes, I love Literally it when I watch nothing. a movie and you have no idea what's going on. Like, I love a movie that up. the first fifteen minutes mm-hmm. is pitch black. There was yes. not there was not a single light source for the yes. first fifteen minutes of that movie. I love when you're watching a movie, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. You don't know where you are. You don't have even learned anybody's name yet. You're just here. Like, please. We did hear Lewis's name though. We did mm-hmm. hear Lewis's name. Yeah. I love that. And I love that like the director, he like made it a point to not give us like any kind of breadcrumbs or anything no. like that. Or like, cause usually when you're watching like mysterious movies, there are scenes that you can like kind of piece things together in your head and you're like, oh. and he was like, no, starve. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I also love how like there are scenes like when they end, it like fades to black. Mm-hmm. Almost. It's like kind of like it was so interesting to me because like when it was fading to black, I was like, uh, what's going on? We're going to commercial? Like, what is it? Like, like, what's happening? Am I about to watch a commercial for Bluebell? Like, what's going on? Why are we doing this? But it's obviously like a representation of her own mental state mm-hmm. and how like she's kind of feeling, 
I don't want to say like weekend, but like there's a lot going on with her. So like yeah, she's busy too. She's running. I mean, not she's not running. She's like what is that a moped, most motorcycle? She's yeah. she's driving. She's going places. And yeah. She, wait, the way that she was riding on that motorcycle with like fifty bags in each hand, booked and busy. <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. And I the moped. There's something else. There's something else I was gonna say, but I forgot. Never mind. Never mind. Um, I do want to get into like Kira and it was the boyfriend, right? Yes, the boyfriend yeah. was the one texting him. So yeah. essentially, what I, I guess my interpretation, I think this is kind of what they were going for, at least what they were aiming for, is the boyfriend Yango, something like that. Yango, it was something weird like that. Yeah. Anyways, um. So like they meet like the first time that we may meet the boyfriend, um, like Kira's on the phone and him and Molina talking. And this is the boyfriend, but Kira has a husband. And like um the boyfriend's like the side piece. Uh and it's been going on for like years, apparently. Uh at least that's what he says. But um now Kira apparently feels that he's too clingy and he's too much and it's too risky. And so she's essentially breaking up with him. Um and like mm. cutting off their sneaky link or whatever, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um and Yingo is kind of like upset, obviously, because like he's been invested in this relationship for years. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why he starts texting Maureen is the same reason why Maureen is Kira's personal shopper. They look very similar. They have a similar body type. And that's kind of why you get the more like darker sexual text, especially with um, the, the unknown number, trying to convince Maureen to like put on Kira's outfits. Because like yeah. if she looks the same, and she's the same body type and she's wearing the same clothes. Is it mm -hmm. really any different? Like it's very much that sort of like creepy, icky vibe. Like it's basically yeah. the same girl. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's I think that's the the reason why Ingo was texting her, and that's like the 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 point of it, I guess, his motivation. So dark and icky. Um Yeah, it's definitely gross. And like I hate men are so weird. What why? Why would you do something like that? Like she puts on the clothes and like him watching her is like, mm -hmm. bro, what are you doing? What is this? And it doesn't help the fact that like Maureen is very much going through the grief of losing her brother and the fact that his heart condition is something that she has as well. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's very scary to think about but also trying to connect with her brother and all these things going on around her and all these things happening to her and her feeling like she's a psychic she's a medium like these are things like this is her brother like trying to connect with her and she's trying to connect with him and then the murder happens and it's like oh what the frick yeah. so then we are stuck here thinking like either she's a medium or there's something else going on with this girl because kira is gone and even though like she looks like her, she dresses like her, there could be a kind of thing of like she wanted to be her. Mm -hmm. So she took her out of the equation, like try to take her place, blah, 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 blah. And obviously with her texting with the boyfriend back and forth, not her not knowing that it's a boyfriend thinking that it's Lewis, kind of like points more to her being the person that did yep. this. And I I love a story in a story. Mm -hmm. I love layers. I love, mm, yes, give it to me. Like, we'd love to see it. Like, not only is this, like, a story about grief, not only is it a ghost story, not only is it a psychological thriller, it is also a murder, like a murder mystery. Yeah. Like that, mm. And also, there are a lot of movies that try to do a lot of things at once and they fail miserably at it and this movie is good because it doesn't give you any context it doesn't give you no clues it doesn't give you no background it doesn't give you no breadcrumbs it's like you'll be fighting for your out. life this entire yes! movie you'll be yes! fighting for your life from beginning to end 
from the dark blank first 15 minutes with no light source to the thumps and like the the things falling down at the end there was not yep. a single time when this movie gave you any piece of information you need to yep. understand the story i was watching i remember she was just in the room by herself just talking to herself mm-hmm. no it's i remember what scene it was it was a scene where the doors are opening and closing oh, mm-hmm. and someone is somehow walking through but you don't see anybody going through so it's like, oh, it's a ghost. So then there's a theory of like, she's been a ghost the whole time. She's not here. But obviously she yeah. is because she's yeah, interacting she, with people. She's literally carrying bags. Like yeah, she like, has to be fitted by people. Well, not yeah. fitted, but like, you know, like they like put the clothes on her and like make sure mm-hmm. it all like works well. Like So obviously she's a corporeal person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that her like walking her walking through the doors is kind of like a representation of like how she felt in that moment mm-hmm. you know what i mean like how she she feels so miserable and alone there's a lot of like loneliness within the film and like the fate to black shows like the darkness that she feels within her mm-hmm. so then her like trying to like her going through the doors is kind of like a representation of just like who she is like she feels invisible at some point like the grief is just too much for her at times and like it's overwhelming for her you know and the ending really did make me sad because when she gets like that final thump but it fades to white in the end that's like this it's like a weird feeling for me like I was like I really did think she was a psychic like I really did think she was a media like I was like yeah these are ghosts like she's seeing she's seeing Mm -hmm. like she sees into the supernatural. Like, I was really like, she can see into the future. Well, not really into the future, because if she could, she would have taken Ingo out before he had taken out her chop, boss. Chop, but you know chop, what I mean? Chop. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. But um, all in all, I did love that movie. Like, Personal Shopper, it's it's such a crazy good movie. It's insane. And it's also insane how so many people have not seen this film. Like, more people need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu. Go watch it. Yeah, y'all have to go watch this movie. It's it's very good. It's very good. Like, Kristen Stewart, she really kills it in this film. She Absolutely. does. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on Personal Shopper? Someone explain the ending. I, I love hearing theories about <laughs> the ending. Everybody got a different theory. and I, like, here's the thing, right? I don't know. Because she's talking and she's asking questions and she's like, Lewis, is this you or is it you or something like that? And mm-hmm. there's just silence. And she's like, or is it just me? It's like a single yeah. thump. Mm-hmm. So like it's her subconscious telling her that it's just her seeing these things. And it's like, no, I saw the glass floating. Yeah. I saw the ectoplasm. I saw the scratches. Also, there's, like seeing- there's some other things like um, like literally like three minutes before a glass shatters in a room and like mm-hmm. and like no one else was in the room and then she goes and we know it's real because she's dust panning it up and the mm-hmm. other girl is like oh that's weird or something like she like she can see the fact that there was a glass mm-hmm. now broken so it's not yeah. like these things are happening completely in her mind because how did how did Maureen break a glass when she was two rooms over mm-hmm. but the glass did break and no yeah. one was in the room yeah so it's somewhat real yeah I think that like we are just so immersed. This is the thing with unreli- unreliable narrators. You are so immersed into the other person's story and their mind and how they're seeing the story in the movie because they're the vehicle. They are the driving vehicle for this narrative and we are going through their like eyes, like their lenses. And the way the story is told is from their perspective. So of course, like I'm gonna believe that she's a medium because she be seeing ghosts everywhere. So you mm-hmm. know, 
what else is going on? And she'd on? be having to keep turning off the faucets. Yeah, the bathtub and like stuff like that. Like obviously yes. she was the only one there, so we can't like 100% say, but like the bathtub was running. Mm. That wasn't a leaky drip. The bathtub was running. Yeah, like there could, that scene could be explained as like, oh, she was drawing herself a bath and she forgot about it because like sometimes in grief, you know, you do something and then you forget and your mind goes completely blank because it's just a trauma of what's happening in your brain trying mm-hmm. to figure out like you've lost someone you love so much. So your brain is trying to cope in the ways that it can, but for it to cope to the point where like she sees things floating, like, yeah. Um, excuse me. I mean, I know people who have grieved family members and we ain't never seen. I've never seen a girl, a ghost throw up when I'm grieving, when I'm sad, when I'm feeling it, when I'm processing, never. I've never seen a girl try to yeet itself into me. Like, what? Excuse me. But in the movie is such, gosh, I, there's like, I can't even like properly describe it. It's so good. Like, I know that the director at cons, I believe, said that it's basically all in her head. Sir, I don't which, which I would like you. to say you didn't have to say that and I didn't hear you say that. I don't believe you. Yeah. I'm it's okay. You I can you, you can come out and admit that you were wrong. Yeah. 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 Like this movie isn't like Memento. It's kind of like no, it's kind of like Memento, but if we weren't revealed everything at the end. Yeah. Like we were kept If we in were the given dark. literally nothing, but a white Yeah, screen. yeah. So I really do I highly recommend this movie to like mm-hmm. literally anybody. Please go watch it. It's so good. It's so great. And the last uh, Christmas Stewart movie I want to talk about is The Happiest Season. Did you see The Happiest Season? Yes, yes, I did. I, okay. So <laughs> you go first because okay. I, I have some negative things I want to say. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, not like not like horrible. Right, 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 right. So I do have to say I liked The Happiest Season. I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was, you know, funny. Um, okay. <sighs> Gosh, how do I say this? I'm kind of like, if we're going to keep making, if we're making holiday movies and you are including queer people into these movies, mm-hmm. can we just be out? Yeah. Because that was one this, thing I want to say. Like, this is kind of like, this is not the first holiday movie I've seen with a queer person where they're not out and I want it to be the last. Like, Clea, Clea, babes. The next one got to be something different, please. You know, I feel like, um, Gosh, there's so much I want to say about the movie. Okay, let's start off from the beginning. Abby and Harper are in love, mm-hmm. right? They love each other a lot. They live together. Um, you know, they're two lesbians in love, you know? And Harper wants to bring Abby to meet her family. And Abby, I think Harper anticipated Abby saying no because Christmas is kind of like a weird time for her. So so basically Harper's stupid right off the bat, right off the get-go. <sighs> So eventually, like, Harper, like, Abby says, I want to go. I want to go meet your parents. And Harper's like, oh, okay, great. She's not out to her parents. So they have to pretend. And basically, Abby is, like, Harper's roommate. Mm-hmm. Because her parents have never heard that tall tale of, like, your kids bringing home their roommate, their same-sex roommate that lives together with them in a one-bedroom apartment. And the dad's mm-hmm. running the, for But mayor. the pantry's converted into yeah. a bedroom. It's rather spacious. It's rather roomy. <laughs> When the when freaking um Allison Brie was like starting to grill her and stuff, I was like, oh, she's gonna untangle the thread, and then she just doesn't care. And I'm like, come on, girl, we're right there, we're right there. Come back, hold on. And there's also the thing of like where straight people do not notice certain things that queer people notice, where it's like Aubrey Plaza's character. I didn't know Aubrey Plaza was in this movie until I started watching it. I was like, oh, hello. 
was like, hello there, friend, old pal. How you been? She goes up to her and like, she makes this assumption. And I'm like, May- okay, for the record, makes this assumption? Where was the assumption? Like you just mentioned about how like straight people not seeing stuff that like yeah. queer people see. There was no assumption. There was yeah. no assumption. It was like blight neon halo pointing down saying lesbian right above their head right above abby's head but there was was no nuance she's literally she dresses in suits to every single occasion ignore everything else Mm -hmm. just the haircut just Mm -hmm. the haircut is enough to be at least and but then yeah when you add in the suit with you add in how she talks when you add in how she does her makeup when you add in who she's with mm-hmm. like you're stupider if you're more stupid you're i don't know you're dumber if you think that she's not at that point. yeah all the signs are pointing in the same direction yes and it's gosh when abby is just like there and she's like the orphan friend mm-hmm. this family very clearly y'all don't ha- like y'all don't know how to pick up on social cues no in some kind of way like y'all can't be like like please learn subtlety like why can't you do that like that's so irritating and like obviously when you're watching the movie you can tell that harper has somehow been deemed the favorite in a way and she likes staying in that position first it was Alison Bree's character but then she fell out of that when she had kids and then started making gift baskets and jane was never really like the favorite she was just like the quirky daughter mm-hmm. that they have. And I like Jane because she seems like like Jane's she's fun. spunky. Jane's hysterical. Yeah. Also, like I would read her novel. It was very it was giving Shadow Hunters. It was. It was it giving was. Shadow Hunters. And I have to say, when the HBO Max picks up that book to make it into a series, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, where's, 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 can I see the can I see the the script right now actually? Like where's the leak? <laughs> Where's the leak? The movie's been out for a year. Where's the leak? Jane would be that person who would like read fan fiction about her own books or like look at fan art of her own movie because she would definitely be into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I-, I was about to say all the best to you. Clearly not all the best to you, but like if you create something like that or like in that genre and mm-hmm. you don't look at the fan fiction, I'm not talking about the smut. I'm talking about like fan fiction that's like legitimate, like other stories or like deep like deepening some of your characters like i feel like that's a missed opportunity like it's a direct way for you to see what your readers are interpreting from your words yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i don't really want to go through the whole like synopsis of the film to be honest i just want to like let's just touch on the things that are important first of all it's very clear that harper was a lot more excited to see connor her um you know yeah what was so okay that that's that's one thing. I I, I guess uh, we can just start there. Is Harper, do we ever get any confirmation? Is Harper a lesbian or is Harper bisexual? I think she's bi. Because like it's never directly said, but it is yeah. directly said that Abby is a lesbian. So mm-hmm. I I think that it's like it's kind of implied that they both mm-hmm. are. But like obviously yeah. if they both were, then why is Abby so not Abby, why is Harper so into talking to Connor? Yeah, it's very much like Harper. I feel like she's one of those people where, like, if you go back home, you go back to a community that you're used, you grew up in. Mm-hmm. After like leaving it for so long, you don't know how to stay in the same person that you have become, and that you get you just like cocoon back into like that like person you were when you first got there because it's comfortable and it's easy. 
And obviously she's trying to live up to the expectations of her parents Mm -hmm. and her parents are very well known in the community and her mom just springing it on her that Connor's there because she's the single straight daughter and Connor is single too so like the eligible bachelor yeah the very we love an an arranged marriage right like very very eligible and also it looks (laughs) good if like very very eligible he is like he's very very single like sir what you literally didn't tie no one else down in all the time that's yeah that's actually the most unrealistic part of this entire movie yeah we especially in a small town-ish type vibe snatched gone i don't know how he made it past the age of 20 without already being married realistically you don't have two kids before the age of 25 in a small town i don't believe you especially a small town that's very conservative and christian like my I, like, I only graduated from high school a couple of years ago, and I already have at least, it was a small high school. I only graduate with, like, 84 other people, and six of them already married. Like, no, 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 no. I'm from small town vibes. I know exactly how this works. They're, like, in their late 20s, probably. I get, like, 26, 27 type vibes. Mm -hmm. There's no way that Connor isn't already married. Yeah. And it's very clear that, like, Harper's friends from high school, like, the friends that she had that was, like, her friends and they're all popular but they don't actually like each other that way liked her boyfriend and still like connor and the fact that he's not with either of them like are you still holding on to harper because you like her are you still holding on to her because she was like your first girlfriend you don't really like like what's going on we're not looking to explore like do we need to move on do we need to move on i think we do because you have stayed in the same town with the Mm -hmm. same people there are we have proof of at least two girls who at least semi-interested one much more than the other but Mm -hmm. semi-interested in you who you already know because you were kind of part of the same friend group like yeah you were dating into the friend group but like definitely part of the same friend group so what what's not what's not clicking and it's also like it's very clear that harper has this problem with people's perception of her Mm -hmm. and that dates back to high school with her and riley yeah and you know her and riley um being best friends for a long time mm-hmm. and then them being more mm-hmm. and then when her friends found out she lied and made high she made riley seem like a stalker so when abby is here as the roommate and she's hanging out with riley riley seems nice and abby oh, is told cool. yeah riley's dope riley's the most, one of those interesting people in the movie mm-hmm. and when abby's hanging out with riley riley tells her the truth and abby just thought that riley was just an ex like it was just like relationship that just didn't work out no 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 because harper wouldn't have told abby the truth Mm. this is this is well yeah she didn't tell about connor either Um, right this is some like riverdale backstabbing bs yeah that got pulled here another thing is that like a lot of times with women loving women relationships Mm -hmm. uh if you're new to that kind of thing and you have dated men in the past you'll lie so that you seem more legit like you're like oh no 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 I I really am like I'm really about this life like I really I really do dig into the kitty cat like I've only been about kitty cat nothing else you know so maybe there's like that pressure of her having to like really be as queer as possible but she could probably just be I really I kind of wish that like we dug into her sexuality a little bit more Mm -hmm. Because this kind of does fall into like the biphobia of like, oh, yeah, girls who like guys and girls will cheat on you with a guy and use you as an experiment. You know what I mean? Because it was giving that. That's what I kind of felt while I was watching the movie. And I like Riley a lot. And I think she's really cool. 
I do feel bad for her that she still lives in the same town where people kind of yeah, thought she was a stalker. Like, I really do, like, feel for her in that but way. But at least you know she's a doctor. Mean? Like, get your money. I mean, get that back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, good for you. You know what I mean? And Sloan and um, Sloan, that's Alex and Brie's character. Sloan, oh my gosh, that name fits her so well, too. Like, Sloan, mm-hmm. it's such, like, a cold name. It's, like, feminine, but it's cold. It's, like, mm-hmm. you know, very, yeah. Sloan and Harper are so toxic. Yeah, like, that, the ending... I don't believe like that like I can excuse some of the hijinks oh oh that reminds me of a hijinks I need to bring up in a second Mm. but I can excuse some of the hijinks okay because like you know it's a movie there has to be some Mm. but like two grown women fighting in a hallway like not completely sober Mm. wrestling Mm -hmm. pulling each other's hair throwing stuff at each other it seems a little bit much I can if they were like screaming back and forth and like it went into like like uh where like one like goes for the other's hair and like they do like yeah. something like that and like then they start like maybe like fighting like they're on the you know like the stereotypical like girl fighting like they're kind of like just like kind of uh, like wrestling grab each other's hair that I can understand yeah. but this was like a choreographed fight scene that was happening in this hallway mm-hmm. yeah and like before even that like the little hints where Harper was willing to just like I feel so I felt so bad for Abby because. She just wanted to go have Halloween. I was going to say Halloween. She wanted to have spend Christmas with her girlfriend. Spending Halloween with her would have been better. That would have been better. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, the family Halloween picture. Tradition all this time. Tradition. But um, basically, like, she she just wanted to spend Christmas with them. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't even be in the pictures. Nope. She couldn't spend time with them. Like, Harper keeps getting pulled away to be with her father and help her mom out. Mm-hmm. And Abby's just there. Like, on her own like Mm -hmm. she doesn't feel welcome she doesn't feel like a part of it she just feels like alone and of course she hangs out with Riley because that's the only other person who's like openly out and will like talk to her about Harper and like is a friend to her and of course Harper like might feel some type of way because of the secret that she's hiding because she hid Riley as a secret now she's hiding Abby as a secret and she went to the point it's like to the point where Stone literally just like outs her just like straight up just like says it and Sloan obviously shouldn't have done that because like we really don't know if her parents are going to be accepting or not like that was a little no 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 let's 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 not let's not give sloan the benefit of the doubt there sloan specifically did that because she knew her parents would not be accepting yeah she doesn't get any benefit of the doubt there yeah she shouldn't have done that like i understand like girl i get it like you people see like you caught your husband making out with another woman and then your sister did too that's oof Mm, you know what I mean and also I low-key thought the kids were gonna tell on them Mm -hmm. because the kids saw you know yeah and Harper I thought the kids were gonna tell Sloan at some point but um man what she just straight up just like said that and the ferocity at which Harper denied it I Mm -hmm. watched that I was like oh my god you've got to be kidding me right now. And then Abby just leaves and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. That is. And then she's still like, she destroyed Jane's painting. How can y'all do that to my girl? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, so glad that she got, I'm glad that Jane got her little revenge. Well, not like mm-hmm. revenge, but she got her moment there. I'm also upset that nobody liked Jane's painting. It was very clearly beautiful, well yeah. done, put time into it. Y'all keep discrediting my girl. 
-hmm. It's not like she got a little spice. She got a little extra flavor. Y'all walking around like mashed potatoes, bland. There's nothing there. No Mm -hmm. salt, no nothing. No salt, no pepper. No garlic. There's no garlic in those mashed potatoes. Nothing in there. Like my girl is sitting here. She is a Reuben sandwich on garlic bread and y'all are Mm. having cheese. It's it's Mm. giving bland. It's giving lackluster. You can't you can't handle her spunk. It's giving peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's getting very much basic. Getting very basic. Yeah. Jane deserved better than that. And when Abby like walks out, to be honest, when Abby straight up went to Harper, she's like, Harper, it's over. And they try to walk away. I was like, oh, oh. I was ready. (laughs) I was like, dang, it really is over. Like it's over, over. And then And I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it. I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have minded or whatever if it had actually been over. Like if the movie yeah. ended with like them actually not getting back together, would have been perfectly fine with me. It seems really like a do, reasonable thing. I think that they should have broken up mm-hmm. at the end. Because even though it was just like a few days, for you to go from being completely in love and like doting to this person that you've been with for like She was going so to propose, long. remember? She was going yes. to propose like the day after Christmas or whatever. Yes. Like she was like, she was so excited and happy. Like Abby was like kind of like, apprehensive to doing Christmas but she was willing to lie and like mm-hmm. just do that so Harper would feel comfortable even though she she really wanted to like ask for the blessing and do like the cute little romantic thing so that Harper could be so they could be together forever like that's what she wanted and you could tell like even when Harper told her that she didn't come out she was like uh okay I guess I'll go along with this like no I would have been like no we're not doing this what you did tell you you didn't tell your family but guess what I'm going home I'm getting an Uber out of here. What do you mm-hmm. mean? You can handle your family. You can be with your family and tell them that you're straight. I'm going home. I got fish to take care of. What do you mean? Absolutely. What do you mean? I got to walk these dogs and brush these cats. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I also love um, Dan Levy's character in the movie. I think he was like the perfect comedic relief. Absolutely. Like, he was so funny. Like, it wasn't too much, but it was enough. You know what I mean? Very good. Very good, sir. Very good on you. Mm-hmm. And... I do feel for Riley, like, damn. I, like, mm, imagine being Riley and watching that unfold. Imagine being Riley. Like, you are someone who got past that thing in high school and you're over it now. And then you're watching someone still hold on to that. You're like, wow. Like, I got out at the right time. Bro, you gotta let that shit go. Like, what the heck? And I really do think that, like, it would have been a lot more realistic if they had just broken up. Yeah. You should not get back together with somebody who has lied and like, it, I know it's like, a, it's a holiday movie, like happy endings, warm feelings, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's also but Kristen like, Stewart. Yeah. If there were two things we don't do with Kristen Stewart movies, it's happy endings um, and warm feelings. Yeah, we don't do that. We descend into the chaos and we eventually self-destruct. Exactly. So I, I'm not going to lie. I feel like, Listen, if you're going home for the holidays with somebody and like, like, mm, don't do it. Yeah. Don't first of it. all, first of all, don't go home to the holidays with somebody. That's for, first of all, just don't. But if you are, you should go with somebody who loves you and like will show you off as their mm-hmm. love interest. You know what I mean? Also, yeah. like, I know that like holidays are obviously like a very convenient time, mm-hmm. but like to do it, but it would make a lot more sense if possible for your family to meet whoever you're dating, mm-hmm. not at like the most stressful time of the year. Like maybe meet them in the summer. Mm-hmm. No, meet the go back for like a weekend in October where it's like beautiful and the leaves are falling. Just make an excuse to go back then. 
like have some other time where your parents are, and your family are meeting whoever you're dating before like Thanksgiving, Christmas. I'm also tired of like queer movies, LGBTQ movies, constantly having like, like, you know, love Simon, mm-hmm. a kid who is trying to come out, but he's outed like book smart. The girl is like queer, but she has a overbearing best friend who doesn't support her. Like y'all keep making these movies with that's supposed to be representation, but there's like a setback. Can we just fuck a setback? Fuck a yeah. setback. Give me the movie. Also, give me more, the movie. More, more importantly, more importantly, because someone mentioned this. They mentioned it, I think it was when Love Victor, like the Hulu series, like first like aired. They mentioned it and they were like, they said that they see, they've been seeing this problem and they guessed that was going to continue. And lo and behold, they were right. It has continued. Um, Where a lot of times, any story that we get involving queer people, the story is about them coming out or them having a setback like that or them like not being accepted, something like that, Mm -hmm. which kind of plays into the idea that these people are only worth telling a story about in this time of their life. Yeah. Like the it, it kind of like perpetuates the idea that the only time that like a queer person is worth talking about is at this one moment in their life where they come out. Like no. Like that that's like the that's like a first step. Yeah. And then it's the the rest of your life. I it always gets more interesting. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like a bad way, like a drama way, but like being out of the closet, like that's when life begins. That's when life gets going. That's where the yeah. stories are. Or yeah, at least the ones that you'll want to tell. And I also think that, like, we need to stop making films about queer people so it's digestible for, like, straight people. It's the same way with, like, you know, like, Blackish, mm-hmm. like, the shows where you talk about race, but it's, like, teaching people about race. You know, like, I really did try to get into Dear White People, but I don't need you to tell me what culture appropriation is. I know what it is. Yeah. I know. If somebody else said no, I don't care. You're making a film based in college where everybody's speaking like a college level thesis, but we're going back to remedial topics. Like, what is it? What's going on? Like mm-hmm. intra-racial dating, it's not new. Just make it happen. Like you have like stop, stop being basic. Stop being basic. Like you can do something else. We can build, we can like move past the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's time for 202. It's time for 305. Like, let's go. Speaking of 101, this is arguably the biggest gripe that I have with the happiest season. And like, mm-hmm. I will not let it go. I will not let it go. I think that they were definitively, objectively wrong to do this because it makes no sense in the in the course of the story, whatever. When Marie is in the mall and she's with like the the twins or whatever yeah and one of the twins slips like the necklace in her bag so like she gets like arrested by mall security or whatever all of that yeah like they use that so that you know they have a, more of a reason to like outcast her for the rest of the movie so that she right. feels even more isolated but never you cannot convince me that children who are half black or whatever like percentage living in a conservative area that is 99% white, do not know by the age of five that they will always be watched if they are in any public setting. You cannot convince me that they, like, and also these are educated. Like the mom literally leaves to go pick them up the works of Sylvia Plath. Like these are educated young children. Right. They would not even consider the idea of touching that necklace, let alone slipping into someone's bag. And oh, the so idea that nobody... you think that they would 
Yeah. It's a lot about how you think about the African-American community, because that's one of the first things that yeah. we will always teach our children. You will always be blamed. So you better give yeah. them absolutely no reason to ever even have a chance to blame you. Yeah, like, them having a white mom doesn't change anything. Like, if you are a Black child, you know, you go into the mall, you don't touch anything, you don't no. look at anything, we're not buying you anything. Don't look at nothing. Like, mm-hmm. and also, like, nobody accused the kids, which would have been, like, bad, but yes. also, like... But, like, bad, but realistic. Like it was the they, kids. They could have spun it in a yeah. way that they were maybe talking about. Like the movie could have spun it in a way that it was talking about race. Cause mm-hmm. like they would immediately blame the kids, uh-huh. even though it's in like the the other person's purse. Like if they had done something like that, more acceptable, I guess. Mm. Or at least like I would have been more okay with it because it would have been more accurate and would have been more realistic to the story. Mm-hmm. But like also why have it at all? Why have it at all? Yeah, it's all just bro i don't even know i yeah like i said that's the only like actual problem i have with the movie other than that that's also like a thing where like you know um white directors or writers trying to cast people of color in shows and movies but you not having the wherewithal or awareness in certain circumstances that are different from your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have a Black woman going to sleep without a bonnet on. Ma'am, where's your I, scarf? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's what what's going on. Like, you having, like, a Black guy in your show, but his hair, he doesn't have a lineup. Like, the hairline is giving us very much, like, oh, on the rocks. You know what I mean? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on here? You know, like... Obviously, like it was written by it was written by Clea Duvall, and I think Mary Holland also wrote the movie. Who is who plays Jane? So there are some things that they do not know. Yeah, I'm not holding that against you, but also like maybe certain things. Maybe like stick to the stick to the gay shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Stick to what you know. You you would do you would do a pretty good know, job with that. Yeah. Um. Okay. I think that's all I wanted to say. Really, I think that Kristen Stewart. Is a very dynamic actress. She's very talented. And I really am excited to see what she has next in store. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that like she really is like she's such an interesting person and she's like really cool and like very nice. And I think for a long time people were just like just being assholes to her because they didn't like Twilight. Yeah. And they assumed that Twilight being a terrible movie or terrible franchise is because she has a horrible personality or anything like that. But she's just mm-hmm. a normal person. She's just a human being. And yeah, I feel like you down. need to Yeah, like you need to stop like people really do need to stop like expecting actors or actresses or like celebrities or whoever to be like these weird idealized versions of yourself that you want to see in other people like she's a person that's it yeah like that's simply it you know and she's very well decorated she's critically acclaimed she's awesome and i honest i cannot wait to see what else she has in store you know what's next absolutely ah i do hope that she does start directing though because she did direct a, sh- a short film called come swim i couldn't find it on the internet anywhere but i hope that she does get the chance to like direct mm-hmm. yeah i think she would really be a really good director right do you have anything else you'd like to say about Kristen stewart i don't think so just watch her movies watch her movies yeah give her a chance, try, watch her movies like if you still don't like Krista Stewart, you are in the dark ages. Like get over that. It's not cute. You're not special anymore. Like it's not okay we... to be wrong about something that's so obvious. Yeah. Like 
you don't know Kristen Stewart. Okay, we understand. You have no taste. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. That's okay. We you don't want to broaden your horizons. That's cool. Whatever. You don't want to watch interesting movies. That's okay. Keep watching every single movie The Rock is in. Oh. I'm sure that'll be great. Oh. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to our next segment. Pass. I'll pass. Where we talk about movies and TV shows that are coming out that we're not watching because they're not interesting to us and we don't want to see it so um glenn is there anything you're gonna be passing on um this is a new movie coming out called the king's man it's very much race against time historical stop bad guy from destroying the world save humanity the king's man isn't that the movie with um man it's that british guy who's in bridget jones diary right um i believe it's him i think it's him Oh, okay. The Kingsman, yes. All right, continue, yes. Um, but yeah, it's boring and been done before. And I don't even know what I want to say about it. I don't even, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it looks boring. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Is this still, is this still based on like the Kingsman? I think it technically is. It's worded weirdly, but I think it's supposed to be the next installment. Okay, because I'm looking, and they have the same actors in the previous movies. But it's not titled the same way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the other ones, it's Kingsman, like, one word. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, the title of it. And this one is The Kingsman instead. It's very confusing. If this is part of the series, um, I'm very confused just, like, why you would change the naming structure, because that seems like a bad idea. It's based off of a comic book series, so it is the same thing, I think. Yeah. Okay, so now my um, frustration is directed towards your naming principles and not mm-hmm. being able to follow them. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how I feel about, like, because to be honest, I was, I do still want to kind of watch it just because Taron Egerton is in it, mm-hmm. and I love Taron Egerton. He is such, Taron Egerton and Richard Madden, there's something about the two of them. Like, they're such good actors. Like, I really do appreciate them a lot. I really do love them. So maybe I'll give it a look-see, but maybe not. I'll probably just rewatch the other two. Wait, you just wanted, you did it, you, why were you passing on it? Uh, I'm passing on it because I, I, I just don't want to see it again. I'm very, I'm very afraid when, like, it's a very similar story. And it's with obviously like the exact same characters. It's in the series, and they aren't really like showing that anything new or different is going to be happening. So that's right. why I'm, that's why I'm concerned. And if it's, if people say that's good, then like I'll go and watch it. But it's definitely not something that like I'm waiting on when it's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is there anything else you're gonna pass on? Because I am about to go on a little rant. Oh no no go on right go on your uh, rant. <laughs> okay so. There's a new movie coming out, right? It's called Licorice Pizza. Let me look it up real quick because Licorice Pizza. It's a new film by, um, who's the director? Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, so I thought it was Wes Anderson. It's not. Paul Thomas Anderson, he did Inherent Vice, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, whatever. So this is his newest movie coming out. Uh, it came out in 20, November 2000. What am I saying? November the 26th. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and his dad, which was a cute little quirk that people kept mentioning in the movie. Um, it didn't make a lot of money at the box office, which I'm very happy about because I hate this movie. I did not oh. see it. Ooh, okay. I didn't see it, but a friend of mine saw it and they told me all about it. 
So the main thing about the movie Licorice Pizza is it's supposed to be like a coming of age story. And it's about this guy, Gary, and he is in love with a woman who is 10 years older than him. Okay. Gary is 15. The woman oh. is 25. Yes. That is the main plot of the movie. Oh. That someone who just got into high school is in love with a woman who can rent a car. Like he can't, he just, he can just get his lawyer's permit. She has probably been in two car accidents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I saw that and I was just like, okay, what in the fuck am I supposed to feel about this movie? Like, I don't know if I have, have all these people been living under a rock? Did we not all go through the Me Too movement? Because why are you making a movie about pedophilia? essentially yeah no no like, not even really? essentially not even essentially that is definitively yes. under the age of 18. yes this is literally pedophilia like it's not cute it's not like you can't dress like this we live in the world we are living in the year 2021 why was this movie premiered like what's wrong with you people what's wrong with you that's simply it because you have, it doesn't matter that it's a woman going after a boy. Like, it doesn't matter that the boy is, like, coming of age and, like, he's going to become a man. Like, it's an older woman. Like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be more experienced. Like, this is gross. This is predatory. This is wrong. It doesn't matter that they both want this to happen. It's not cute. Like, y'all trying to, also, the thing that really sucks, the thing that I hate, the thing that I hate is that the actress who's playing this, she's from the band Hame. I love Hame. I love Hame. Bro, that is my band. Now, another white woman has disappointed me. Another white woman has disappointed me once again. Because you know why? Because she wants to make out with the kid who was a child of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is probably not even 15 years old. He's probably older than 15, but it doesn't matter. The character is 15 years old. Mm -hmm. This isn't cute. This isn't Heart House. This isn't indie. This isn't a creative choice. This is pedophilia. You've made pedophilia a point in your movie and you're trying to make it seem like it's okay. And the thing that really sucks is that all the reviews for this movie are overwhel overwhelming, like everybody loves this movie. Overwhelmingly positive. There are no, nobody has any critiques of this film. And it reminds me of Green Book. Remember when Green Book came out? Mm -hmm. The movie is based off of the Green Book that African-Americans used so they would know what hotels they could sleep at and stay at so that they would know there were racist thing in that hotel. And then you reimagine a piece of history instead of a real life story to be driving this daisy with a white man and a black man and the white man introduces a black man to fried chicken for the first time. And you have a white man saying the N word so many times in this movie and you expect me to believe that that was Oscar worthy? I'm sorry. Are we watching the same movie? Because I'm confused. Pedophilia should not be in your film. It should not be a plot point. It should not be something to spice it up and make it more interesting. It's gross. And I don't want directors, I don't want people coming up and being like, oh, well, you don't understand art. You understand how it's different. Like, no, 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 I do understand art. That is why I'm upset at this. Like, also in the film, there's a scene where a white man is speaking to his Japanese wife in a fake Asian accent. And then he does it again with another Japanese woman, his new wife. And he just keeps doing it. Like you have this running gag where a white man is having a series of interchangeable, so to speak, Asian wives, Japanese women who he is married to. And it's not funny, bro. Like it's gross. 
and you you act like a fool. You're just playing this Asian caricature and the white audience, the white actors, the white director, the white writers, the white critics are laughing at it because it's funny. Oh, it's so funny when you're like doing an Asian accent, like it's incredibly racist and it's pointless. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Why would you do this? After everything we've talked about in regards to like Asian Americans being represented in media, you want to go back to racial stereotypes as a cheap way to make laughs. You're supposed to be this brilliant director, this intelligent director, this smart director, this amazing person of cinema who can write phenomenal stories, but you have to revert to racist tropes and pedophilia for people to be interested in your movie. Really? You have all these white people who have risen to Hollywood through nepotism as the the director as well, because his brother is also a writer and director as well. I got Mm. them mixed up for a second because I thought it was the other guy. It wasn't. It was him. It's not Paul. I thought it was Wes. It's not Wes. Wes is out here making, um, you know, animated movies. Are they also kind of weird and a little bit sus? Yes, those movies are also strange too. But white boys are going to white boy. You know what I mean? It's gross. You want me to believe that this movie is so smart and so well done and has been received so positively by all these people. And first thing my friend tells me is that, yeah, they're being racist towards Asian people in here. But we were just talking about the rise in anti-Asian hate crimes and how those things stem from the media that we watch. And you just keep perpetuating it in your stupid movie. I'm glad this movie didn't break a million at the box office. I'm glad it didn't. For for Hmm. the record, uh, un- like unfortunately for for our cause, unfortunately for us, um, it hasn't been nation. It was released in select theaters. It hasn't been nationwide released until December twenty fifth. Yes, this is a Christmas yeah. movie. Oh, they're releasing this on Christmas Day. This Why? is the, I don't know. This is but, not a Christmas movie. Uh, I don't know, but apparently this movie is so astronomically good that deserves to be released during what is like the most like celebrated American holiday. I I really do hope that somebody holds this man's feet to the fire in regards to whatever the fuck is going on in this movie. And this is another thing about like film critics and why only white men cannot be the people reviewing these movies. Because you have all these positive reviews over this film and I'm straight up telling you there's a problem with this movie. Like that's the problem with like Roger Ebert that's a problem with like Metacritic, with Rotten Tomatoes. You have the same white men who've been reviewing films for so long and they have a certain niche and a certain style and certain directors that they like. And if you happen to see a woman like Brie Larson talking about how white male critics cannot properly review films because certain movies are not being made because Hollywood's getting a little bit more diverse and you have female directors and women of color and people of color and queer people making movies about their own lived experiences and because these white men cannot relate to it or do not like it or do not see the value in it they will bomb the movie on Rotten Tomatoes Roger Ebert better critic so that people are less likely to see it it's Mm -hmm. the same thing it's the same thing over and over again you have this rich white man out of touch with society and what's going on and he just wants to make his stupid ass movie like it's 2000 and he's Woody Allen it's not your time anymore this it's tired it's tired and it shouldn't have been like a staple within Hollywood to have pedophilia be like a storyline in a film like I can't ha- I can't bump to my white girl songs anymore because Haim has disappointed me astronomically by wanting to bump and grind with a 15-year-old. I'm disappointed. Okay. 
I'm disappointed. It's another thing ruined. Great. Thanks. Thanks, white people. Thanks for that. Yeah, that was my rants on Licorice Pizza, the movie I will not be seeing. If I see that movie get nominated for literally anything, no. No, 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 no. If I see anyone I talking don't. about that movie. If you're talking about the movie, but you don't mention the pedophilia or the racist comments, please shut up. Just shut up. If mm. someone doesn't hold that man's feet to the fire, I will do it. With and you fire. know she will. Yes. <laughs> all right. Y'all all stay in the same hotels when you come to visit these big cities. Okay. Don't think I don't peep game. All right. I got you. I got, I see, we see each other. Okay. Yes. That, that is basically it. That's all I wanted to say. Um, yes. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of I've been to watch that. Uh, wonderful, lovely conversations. We really do appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can support us on anchor.fm and excuse me, we appreciate all the support and all the love that you guys have been giving to us. And we will soon be having some guests on the pod in the coming weeks. So that's excited. So be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all of our socials in the description, as you always do. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate any support. If you have any questions or suggestions or comments, drop them in our Instagram comments or in our DMs. Uh, Glenn, do you have anything to say before we sign off? Um, watch Spencer. Just yeah. watch it. Do it for yourself. <laughs> Enjoy it. Not just you, but just like yes. everyone. Everyone in general, watch it. We need Go to get watch, her her Oscar. Watch Spencer and watch Personal Shopper as well. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, bye. Bye.